it's Warhorse and Warhorse's pal Boner. And we're here to tell you that you're listening to the uh, Rough House podcast with Marty and Kristoff. You know, Marty the Mangler and uh, Kristoff the uh, Jack. Uh, no, I don't want to say that. But I'm glad you're here. Glad you're ready to listen to this shit. Clean out your ears. Shut your mouth. Open your eyes. Because it's time for that good, sweet podcast. Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task, complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Chris and I just wings worlded each other. Yeah. Uh, enjoy that video, patrons. Uh, episode 347 for recording date November 12, <laughs> 2023. Welcome. This is a professional wrestling podcast by two people who are... Not probably, professional wrestlers. Yeah, not professional wrestlers probably <laughs> should not be allowed to discuss pro wrestling in depth as we do. But also, I will just say we're not the people who make a pro wrestling podcast, then make T-shirts that say they make a pro wrestling podcast and then wear them at an indie wrestling show while carrying like, you know, a fake belt. I've seen this type of person at like seven different shows. Not the same guy. I was going to say, is it the same dude? Cause that no. would not be surprising. No, no. Uh, but yeah, we are not self aggrandizing in any way. If anything, we, uh, make fun of ourselves. Uh, well, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I do have a rough house shirt that was made for yes. the, the 316th the live show that Justin and I did years yeah. ago. That's a little different. Uh, yeah. Although I will say I, I have my own hangups because I run an entirely different show that I don't wear the shirt of outside of shows. Right. Right. Yeah, but yeah. You, I mean, you know, yeah. it is what it is. It is what it is. Any uh, art fight fans recognize you as the art fight guy. So that's true. That's true. Uh, speaking of super art fight, I will have a cool announcement in the next few weeks oh. that uh, Rough House listeners will be very interested in. Okay, all right. That way. Um, anyway, equal. Yes, uh, <laughs> squeakwool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> David Cross attached? Yes, yes. Okay, great. He says yes to a paycheck. Okay, no, Jason Lee, but David Cross. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, Any worse. Pro wrestling podcast. Very, very big, big week in wrestling. Lots of moving parts. A bunch of things to talk about. And I think we should start off by picking up on what our top story was last week, because there are more twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Okay. oh shout out ec let's go (laughs) yes don't let don't let him babysit your kids anyway uh (laughs) last week we discussed the uh ill fate of the nwa billy corgan stupidity i think is the more apt term here uh and and there have been more twists and turns since so as was explained last week here's the footnotes one Billy Corgan had been telling people that the NWA had two TV deals with a top 20 network. Yes. Two, though never officially confirmed by the NWA, it was said that they were going to bring NWA power and a reality show showing Billy Corgan, you know, booking shows and all this other stuff. 
as a reality show. So they'd have two shows on the CW. Right. Back to back. Uh, Well, maybe not back to back, but they'd have two at the same time. Mostly syndicated. Probably. Yes. Yeah. And, the, and apparently like, this, the, the reality show has been filming, so it, it's going to be. Oh, it'll be an interesting. Very special episode that week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then they had a pay-per-view in Halloween. Uh-huh. And on said pay-per-view, uh, Father James Mitchell of ECW and Impact fame snorted cocaine on camera in storyline. Yeah. Which... Mm infuriated people at the CW to the point where uh, the show is uh, going to be demoted to the CW app. (laughs) Well, this week, I don't even know if they're going to have a show. Oh, it got worse. Okay. Yes. It got much worse for them though. Billy Corgan is telling the press, we have contracts for two shows. Like he's very much in denial. It was announced this week. That WWE NXT is moving to the CW in 2024. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Sorry, William Patrick Corgan. Yeah. Now, granted, there's there's this, there's this very minute possibility that the NWA could still be on CW with this NXT uh, uh, pickup. Well, yeah. I don't think anybody's going to mistake one product for the other. Oh, not at all. But. I think the reason why they might do it is, I don't know if you remember, there's an MLW lawsuit against WWE. That's still pending? I thought that was dropped. Uh, it, it got picked up again. Okay. Basically, they refiled it, and it's still in the mix. And, okay. and, and the crux of that conversation is WWE engaging in, you know. Contract poor, tampering. Uh, contract tampering, poor practices in business, uh, trying to become a monop- monopoly and preventing them from getting their TV deal on reels because that's a universal network. And therefore, you know, there's, there's uh, some issues between them uh, being on that network. And of course, raw being on USA, right? Which is going to be the home of SmackDown soon. Um, Cause Fox essentially canceled it. Yes. Yeah. They don't, they didn't phrase it that way at all. No, was, but that's what happened. <laughs> it said something about like, you know, the viewership was strong, but the advertising numbers weren't what we wanted. Right. Meaning they didn't get anything out of it. Um, the, since the whole lawsuit is built around this idea of WWE stepping in the way of competitors, it would behoove them to let the NWA do its thing. Well, it would, but <laughs> this is the WWE we're talking about here. This is a WWE you're talking about, but remember, this is the TKO era. This is the, the area manual era. Mm-hmm. And if you look at how UFC has handled the business, they used to be when it was Dana White running the show entirely, they used to be the premier singular MMA product on whatever network they were on. Right. Look at ESPN plus. Now there are other leagues on there that aren't UFC. Okay. Because TKO goes, well, we've got the best one, the most well-known one. We don't care. So I suppose there's a chance that, uh, that, that we might still have this NWA on CW situation. I mean, does it really matter? Nobody's going to freaking watch. Nobody watches it now. Nobody, I don't even know. I could not name five. I couldn't name three people on the NWA roster. 
Oh. Because the only people that I knew were Tyrus, who just retired, yeah. James, um, Nick, no, I'm sorry, Nick Aldis, uh, mm-hmm. who is now in so WWE. Now WWE. Yep. That might have been it. Uh, EC3. James, that's all I got. Okay. There's one. Yeah. That's yeah. all I got. EC3. All I got. And he's their champ, which, you know, tells you how well that's going. Is he controlling his narrative in the NWA? Does he have a, does it say uh, EC3 is a pimp on the side of a blimp? Uh, it does not, but he has the dumbest tattoos I've ever seen now. I mean, uh, that's a really bold statement to make on this podcast, my guy. Yeah, uh, especially considering the history of shitty pro wrestling tattoos. We did a whole bracket about it a couple of years ago. Yes. <laughs> this is less that the tattoo is shitty because, you know, the design is particularly poorly done or anything like that. It oh, just no. doesn't make any fucking sense. What does this say? It doesn't say anything. He's got like these black bar lines on different parts of his body. Okay. So it looks like he's wearing kinesio tape all the time, but no, it's a tattoo. So maybe when somebody, hopefully he's hoping scans him for an action figure, it activates a QR code and he self destructs. <laughs> I can see that happening. And it sends you straight to InfoWars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the we'll company. Sell you supplements that'll make frogs gay. <laughs> Let's talk about the company that apparently won't be stopping the NWA. The World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years. The revolution. So just to follow up on another thing we've been talking about here on the Rough House podcast, which is the assassination of Vincent Kennedy McMahon by the coward Ari Emanuel. <laughs> this week in addition to having their first, uh, first shareholders call at TKO quarterly call call describing everything for the UFC and the WWE business high level. They did not go anywhere near as deep as they used to on the WWE calls. Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon was called out both in the call and in the documentation provided to the sec and stockholders as an active problem for the business. Yeah. Big liability, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, which just warms my black heart. Uh, cause fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, it, and you know, I, I can't really find a shred of, uh, falsehood in the no. statement that they no, released in the filing. Yeah. The, the exact quote was, uh, McMahon's quote, membership on our board could have adverse financial and operational impacts on our business, man. Did Vince McMahon get worked here? I think so, because also this week, Vince McMahon decided to sell 30% of his TKO stock. Decided, huh? Yeah, quote unquote, decided. Uh Uh, Selling it back to TKO. Okay. Now, granted, this gives Vince McMahon roughly $700 million. For 30%? Yes. Shit. Yes. $700 million for selling out. But that means Vince, rich. Vince, who had like that 52% control and all that other shit gone. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I mean, let's be honest. That wasn't <laughs> one way or another. That wasn't going to last. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the full regime got put into place here. I, I, I think it is now a matter of if uh, or excuse me, when, not if. Sure. That Vince is totally gone from the business. Yeah, I mean, look, there's age, there's history, there's uh, a lot of well, laundry list of reasons to not keep him at the top anymore. Plus, 
you know, the, the business seems to be doing well without, it was doing well when he had stepped down. Yep. Uh, it actually kind of took a step back when he returned. Yep. And now, now that he's gone from creative again, at least creatively from everything that I hear, people seem to be into what's happening. Uh, I still yeah. do not watch, nor do I care to, but uh, people seem to be having a good time with what's happening. Uh, right. The only thing I found myself having a good time with was this photo of Bailey and these like really tight red pants with that donk just exploding out of it. God bless America. Well, speaking of <laughs> Bailey, the big storyline on SmackDown this week was, Damage control got even bigger. So, <laughs> is, that what she, is that what we call her ass now? <laughs> we could. We could. And you know what? From now on, we will. Um, so, uh, uh, the pay-per-view last week in Saudi Arabia, uh, Kyrie Sane returned, mm-hmm. joined up with damage control. So then that would be Bailey, Dakota Kai, uh, EO Sky, right. and Kyrie Sane. Right. Well, this week, Asuka turned on the babyface women and joined up with Damage Control. So, so now so we've Bailey got is a Joshi collector. Women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony, Tony has his Pogs and Twinks, and uh, Bailey has the the Joshis. <laughs> Not since the absolutely surreal, in retrospect, uh, solo album debut of Gwen Stefani has I have I seen a woman collect so many random Asians. <laughs> Oh, that's a great joke. <laughs> if I got uh, it outright, it would have been even better. Yeah, no, um, that was great. I'm but, right there for it. Yeah. It's uh, bananas. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we as a society, we were talking about something pre-show, but we as a society were like, oh, so she just has four Asian women now. Cool. Good for her. Yeah. I, I hope she adopted them. <laughs> Where are they now? What happened to love angel music and baby? I they ask. are, uh, I think chained to radiators and Quentin Tarantino's basement. Is <laughs> probably the, my guess. Oh, wait, did Gavin Rossdale get them in the divorce? Are they, are they now the rest of Bush? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I dare you to find another pro wrestling podcast that will digress into a discussion of Gwen Stefani's solo career in the middle of talking about Ian Tarantino and Bush. <laughs> I defy you. I have some interesting news for you, Chris. Okay. This Bailey week. starting an OnlyFans? Uh, no, no, Damn not it. yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, hashtag we want the feet. No, no, that's, that's coming from, uh, at QT, uh, <laughs> not Marshall, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, no, no feet. Just, uh, just the, you know, the ripe Christmas just hams back there. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, the main event for survivor series was set up. CM Punk. No CM Punk, okay. at least that we're aware of. Uh, it is not the brands of Raw and SmackDown battling for overall brand supremacy. Wow. Maybe the WWE is better now. Yeah. It is currently a four on four men's war game match. With uh, uh-huh. Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso, and Sami Zayn going against the Judgment Day of Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and JD McDonough. So that that is the current main event of Survivor Series. I say current because there are some scoops out there. Uh, it's normally five on five, is it not? Correct. So if you don't want to be spoiled for the next few weeks of television, okay. leading up to the pay-per-view, 
go ahead and hit skip for the next like 30 seconds unless we talk about another random aughts pop person in the middle of it. The word is that the newly healed Drew McIntyre will be joining up with the Judgment Day crew. In perpetuity or just for war games? At least for war games for now. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, for the for the burber faces, the burber. will be a returning Randy Orton. Okay. I mean, there's been rumors of Randy's return for months now. I don't know yeah. if they were just waiting for creative or, or what it was a was it a back thing for I don't feel like it's always a back yeah, thing yeah, for yeah. him. It was a back thing. Apparently his back's totally jacked up. Well, you know, doing a couple thousand RKOs over <laughs> twenty yeah. some years will fucking yeah. do that to you. Yeah. Um okay. He's been gone for like over a year or something, hasn't oh, he? Oh yeah, he he's been out for some time. I mean they fired his tag partner who was out that long. Because it was oh, shit. Yeah, RK Bro was a big merchandise seller. That's right. I forgot cool. about that. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I I could see it working. Apparently, we will know before the pay per view because they don't want people to assume it's going to be CM Punk. Smart. Like they want they want to clarify it. Um, probably on the go home. The go home. Yeah. yeah. That, would, that would make. I mean, that would be a huge pop. Oh um, sure, sure. Again, you don't want people to be chanting CM Punk all night. They might still because it's Chicago and it's probably will. Yeah. That's not to say he won't pop up. Yeah, he he might buy a ticket like anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Or to hang out at the show. Uh, One other note for WWE before we transition into other stuff. I just want to make a match recommendation from this week. Uh Smackdown this week. They had Dragon Lee and... Uh, Cedric Alexander go one I didn't on one. know Cedric Alexander was still employed by WWE. Still employed. Now, they had a match like two, three weeks ago, but this was good enough that the crowd gave them a standing ovation afterwards. I mean, Dragon Lee fucking rules. That's why I hate that he's in WWE. You will never watch his matches now. <laughs> Cedric's super good. And sure. You know, he, he always has been. Uh, he's probably my A1 pick of if there's anyone that AEW were to get from a, a release group. He'd be a very good addition, I think. Um, but, you know, they, they had a really awesome match. Are they going to possibly just fire Cedric Alexander tomorrow because they're bored? Still an option. Yeah. But it's always a possibility meantime, of those guys. In the meantime, check out that match. It was very, very, very good. I likely won't, but thank you for the recommendation. Hey, anytime, my friend. <laughs> Speaking of good matches. Japan Pro Wrestling is in its quiet and dormant phase. As, well, they're in the uh, build, the slow build to Wrestle Kingdom 8, 19, 18, 19? I think it is 19. Hang on. 19? I don't remember. Uh, I, I have some info for that uh, up because I was going to discuss it. Shows it how much I've been paying attention to New Japan 18, recently. 18. 18. Wrestle Kingdom 18. Uh, I got a chance to watch the Will Ospreay Shoto Amino match from Power Struggle. Oh, yeah. The whole 40-some minutes of it? Yes. And what I will say is, like every single long New Japan main event, the first 10, 15 minutes, I'm going, why? Why did why mm-hmm. did people lose their mind over this? Because it's yeah. you know the same slow feeling each other out build. But then it just hits high gear and match gets shit hot for like 30 minutes. Okay. It is 
it is wild. The the strikes, the the hits, the spots, uh, out of this world. Like Shooter is going to be a massive star okay. for New Japan. Although it's still kind of weird that he calls himself Roughneck and then comes out wearing cotton candy colored tights. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you t- you take the toughest, uh, big burly bar bouncer and you mm-hmm. give him a big thing of cotton candy, and he's going to just resort into being a, a six year old child. Fair. Happier than a pig in shit, as they would say. So um, who doesn't love cotton candy? Some diabetics. Who doesn't? I'm sure they're gonna. <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna pop up in the comments because this is the internet. We yeah. just said who doesn't Type like diabetics. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I also want to mention this because this week <clears throat> New Japan World got relaunched. Oh yeah, I haven't uh, haven't updated that yet. Yeah, uh, they they now have dedicated apps for your phone and your tablets and all that fun stuff. When in the past you just like would have to go to the website and bring yeah. it up. Uh, most crucially for me, they have an Apple TV app now. And for those of us who are always like, why does this look so grainy compared to what's shown on access? Everything is in full HD now. Okay. Um, and it remembers where you left off during a show. Oh shit. That's huge. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> you is very that. helpful. Yeah. Um, and it looked awesome and it sounded awesome. Uh, so if you've been on the fence because, oh, this is difficult for me to use or, or what have you, it's never been easier than the now to use New Japan World. And something like eight bucks a month or something US with the exchange rate. They ended up bumping the fee. Uh, uh, so for new, those of us who have been on, it's still yeah. the 999 yen. Okay. Um, for those who are brand new, I think it's like 1298 or something like that. So it's closer to the original $10 cost. Yeah. Um, But being able to watch that on my big TV and, you know, really hone in on it, added a lot to the match. Uh, And I'm going to be going back and watching some other matches that people spoke very strongly of uh, over the last few months. I just haven't watched on new Japan world. Okay. All right. Excited, excited to dig in. Um, I will say if you are going to be watching this as your first time having New Japan World, dear listener, note that right now they have all of 2023 on there. They have some of the 2022 shows, but it's mostly Wrestle Kingdoms and G1 Finals because they have to reconvert everything. Yeah. Now you can even like switch the audio from English to Japanese on the fly and, and what have you. So they plan to have everything up by the end of the year or end of next year. Sorry. So there will be everything at a time just right now. You know, it's recent. They've got a big library. Yes. They have a very big library. Shockingly so. Um, But yeah, uh, I very much like how it works now. That match was fantastic. And having to watch it on a tablet or phone was uh, a, a definite addition to it. I'll have to to update and uh, dig around a little bit, find some stuff. Absolutely. Well, this will get you set up in time for the aforementioned Wrestle Kingdom 18, which now officially has five matches announced. Uh, Sonata will be defending the IWGP World Heavyweight title against Tetsuya Naito. Naito, by the way, off of this tour for eye surgery again. Dang. Yeah. Uh, he should stop putting his poopy fingers in there. <laughs> he did an interview this week, and maybe it was kayfabing Tokyo Sports, but he did an interview this week where he said he was basically told by the doctor, 
you can have this surgery three times. And after the third time, however it sticks, it sticks. Like you can't go back and get it done again. And this is what the ailment is. Uh, it's something that causes double vision. I, I don't know the specific, uh, ailment or virus or what have you. Um, but it's called he ha- for crusty itis. But night has been dealing with double vision for a few years now. And, wow. uh, okay. I, I could see this possibly being the last hurrah for Nido because they're very much building the next generation and the sure. generation after that and the generation after that. Um, We've also got confirmed Brian Danielson against Kazuchika Okada. Let's go. We've got the triple threat between Will Ospreay, John Moxley, and David Finley, which has been announced now for a new IWGP title, not as in world title, but as mm-hmm. in a, a new belt. Yes. Because the US and UK belts were destroyed in the post-match angle from last week. Uh, shout out to Eddie Kingston, who posted on Instagram a photo of uh, David Finley with the headline, Local Man Ruins Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, Eddie. Um, <laughs> He's the best. For the IWG, excuse me, IWGP Junior Heavyweight title, Romo Takahashi defending against El Desperado. They're always awesome together. I yep. see no reason why this wouldn't be. And then for the Junior Tag titles, the w- Bullet Club War Dogs of Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney defending against Catch 22, TJP, and Francisco Akira. Okay. As much as I dislike TJP, probably going to be a good match. I mean, the kid's got some talent. He's just kind of a shit, or yeah. is a shit, not kind of a shit. Yeah. Uh, World Tag League is starting soon. I haven't even seen a lineup of, of who's I haven't in either. It. I don't think they've announced it. Yeah. Uh, We'll see what happens. I, I don't think there's going to be any surprises in the mix. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, shit, FTR is doing a run because they're on a, the next paper. Oh, so they didn't get our application for uh, <laughs> they, they did for, not. for Marty and Kristoff, huh? To be fair, I sent it to New Japan Pro Wrestling Care of Japan. I, I really <laughs> should have doubled down and like Googled an address or something. But. Yeah, I mean, but you had better ways to spend those 30 seconds. Exactly. So, exactly. And that included watching fine pro wrestling uh, content from this company. Big week in AEW this week. And if I learned anything from this week, Chris, it's twofold. One the people at higher up at the rough house po- uh, at, at, at AEW, listen to the rough house podcast. Exactly. As Justin Schlegel has said many times over the years on this show, and we've continued, one, they listen, two, bullying works. (laughs) Fuck being a star. Yeah. Tony Khan Khan has just gone crazy and booked awesome matches for forever now. Uh, I'm I'm for this. Dynamite was awesome awesome this week yeah i feel like like somebody's like cast a spell or like removed a jinx from him and now he's like oh yeah this is what this company is for and i'm gonna you know book uh swerve versus pentagon to go 20 minutes on dynamite and bless you for it oh my god but rampage had good matches collision had good matches and we're getting basically an awg1 out of everything yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, not everything's great. Julie Hart still exists, but um, you know, there are there are a lot of things, a lot more positive um, things to talk about this week than there were last week. And yes, just crazy how seven days can make such a drastic change. 
Absolutely. So we uh, are also six days away from the full gear pay-per-view. A lot more matches have been put together for that. We now have an idea of the full run of the show. If you are interested prior to the pay-per-view in our preview of those matches and our picks, patreon.com slash roughhouse podcast, you'll get a full episode of us breaking down the card and who we think is going to win each match. Yep. But Wednesday was in Portland, Oregon. Uh, again, one of the best dynamites in recent memory. Uh, kicked off with uh, what felt like a promo that was saying that even though this is another MJF, Adam Cole, Roddy Strong segment, that they were saying, we got to stop repeating ourselves with all of this. Yeah. It was a little meta. It was a little meta. Um, <laughs> up to and including the point that uh, Roddy Strong said he was going to remind everyone who the hell he is. So apparently he will stop being Neil Ham- uh, bleh, Neil Hamburger moving forward. <laughs> That's a reference for like two people. Um, <laughs> we went right to the start of the show, uh, which brought us MJF against Daniel Garcia for the AEW world title. Yeah. Kicking off with a big time title match. Yes. And I thought this match could have gone longer. Sure. Sure. But best Daniel Garcia match in some time. Quite some time. And once again, underlined that MJF is quietly really good at pro wrestling. He he is. And I feel like, you know, for the longest time when he was, you know, doing the heel stuff, he wouldn't wrestle frequently which you know made him more of a, a kind of a special uh, occasion type thing but with him being the champ and having to do double duty defending two titles and with yes. Adam Cole being out for injury and him having to pretty much carry this entire storyline on his back mm-hmm. uh i mean you know Roddy will come in and, and do a little bit of work here or there but sure. you know um and Samoa Joe it's there's a lot of moving parts with with what's going on with MJF but he is clearly as the champion the crux of basically 50% of the shows. Yes. Um, and it's caused him to wrestle more, which has allowed us to see how many weapons he has in his arsenal yeah. uh, of the technical wrestling. Obviously we knew the story telling was there. The, the promos were there. Um, you know, I don't think either of us really expected full on pure white meat baby face MJF to be one of the highlights of 2023, but here we are. No, uh, and he's, he's using like eighties wrestling tricks to yeah. make it work, which Bravo, uh, being able to run that back and make it sort of relevant in 2023. Yeah. Uh, but him and Garcia, like they, they went for it. Uh, MJF knew what the job was. It sure. was to make Garcia look good. And Garcia stepped up on this. Um, Really, the the biggest bummer for me is the this storyline must continue beat at the end of the the match where uh, MJF wants to uh, shake the hand of Daniel Garcia, but 2.0 pulls him away. Yeah. But that that one arm pile driver fucking ruled. That was boss. That was so good. I'm I'm very much looking forward to Garcia divorcing himself from the remnants of the JAS because, you know, that that big uh, J shaped anchor has mm-hmm. been around his neck uh, for, for way too long. And it seems yeah. like he's, you know, en route to busting out, busting free from everything. He's got, a, he's away from Jericho. And now he's just got to get rid of the other three clowns. And then, uh, you know, he really gets something going for the kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want him to have 
a truly important role on the show because for the longest time, like after they brought him in, it was clear AEW was high up on him because yeah. they, they put him in big time opportunity matches. People might forget, but the, the, uh, the, uh, What's it? The he first beat, he beat Brian Danielson. Well, he beat Danielson, but uh, the CM Punk return show, the original one, yeah, it was main evented by Daniel right. Garcia against John Moxley. So even then, they were going, "This guy is someone who we're you know yeah. putting eyeballs on." Right, and uh, I mean the the uh, four way that he was a part of for mm-hmm. the uh, uh, international title at uh, Forbidden Door was phenomenal, and. Yep. Part of it was indeed his inclusion. It wasn't like the other three guys carried him. Um, yeah, it just, he has a lot of potential. I think he's ready to break out. I think the crowd is ready for him to break out. It's just about pulling that trigger. Yeah. And, you know, that's, it's a good thing to have so many people kind of at that level of just ready to just pop off, um, you know, but. As we said, there's a uh, a log jam of old fogies <laughs> still in AEW that is kind of uh, still taking up some space. But you know, that's looks like maybe we're we're turning a corner on that. Yes, and speaking of one of them, it was Sting and Darby Allen squashing the Outrunners, uh, which again are Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. Turbo Floyd. Turbo Floyd, still the second best jobber name in AEW, number one, Exodus Prime. Turbo Floyd is what they used to call playing uh, Dark Side of the Moon at double speed. (laughs) (laughs) If if there were, if if I felt comfortable with us having an out before getting through everything else, that would have been there. (laughs) We had a sit down conversation between Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm. Tony Schiavone serving as the mediator for this. And oh boy, is it a lot better when Tony Schiavone moderates these things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very much so. Tony, Tony Schiavone has the perfect, the perfect balance of professional and doesn't give a shit. Yes. Whereas yes. Jim Ross was way more in the doesn't give a shit slash actively hates what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it, it was a distraction. It was it distracting. Was. And uh, to that point, it sounds like JR isn't going to be traveling with AEW for a bit as he's dealing with health issues. Let I the hope, man rest. I, I hope he figures them out. I mean, yeah, no ill will to him in that regard. But right. as we talked about, really care him anymore. Yeah, uh, he he should be producing people. He should yeah. be he should be in the headsets of guys as opposed to you know, audibly motherfucking the show during the show. Yeah. Yeah. And calling it the AWA world title and (laughs) things like that. This was a very simple, but well executed back and forth promo between Tony storm and Hikaru Shida. Shida's English is fantastic. By the way, she is just, Oh yeah. Leaps and bounds from, from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and, and she's getting more comfortable Mm -hmm. cutting promos in English. I think the match is going to be great too. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited for that. I mean, they're both very talented. So yeah. she has been the workhorse of the division. Uh, just waiting on the day that my sweet, sweet Jamie hater returns. I would love, I don't know that it's going to happen. I would love if she pops back up at the pay-per-view. Yeah. To I challenge heard, whomever wins. It's like the fact that I haven't heard anything makes me start to think, Oh, this might happen soon. Fair, fair. Yeah. That's pro wrestling brain for you too. This is true. It's been rotted. Yes. Then we had in Halloween gear, probably about a week late, 
Penta El Zero Miedo going against Swerve Strickland in a match that could not be more our shit unless they put Shingo Takagi in it as well. Man, I I I, I might have if that happens, I would just eat a bullet and because there's no there's no <laughs> nothing's gonna top that for me yeah, in, in, in the pro wrestling. That's close that's out close out all of your memberships to things. Yeah. In the Re- show. Retire the podcast or pass it on to you so you can, you know, no one wants carry that. on. No one wants that. We'll put it, <laughs> we'll put the podcast up in the rafters. <laughs> With some uh crow face paint. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, this match ruled. Uh, yeah. uh, they they were so good against each other. Uh, I looked, and it looks like they only went against each other in a one on one on one match one other time. Really? Five years ago. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this this was just fantastic. Crazy spots. Yep. Awesome strikes. I I did think it was a little funny that uh, Swerve did the arm breaking gimmick on Penta when yeah. normally Penta's thing. Although I remember, yeah, Swerve does that sometimes too. Yeah. Um, it made Swerve look like a beast to beat Penta. Yes. Uh, I know that probably broke your heart a little bit, but also it was- I understand. You know, the the lone option. I did think it was funny. They spent the whole time talking about how Hangman Adam Page was banned from ringside for the match. Yeah. <laughs> so the minute the match ends, he yeah. shows up and beats the fuck out of Swerve. Yeah, he does. That fired up Hangman. Uh, this is this is the shit we've been missing from this guy. I I hate to jump so far ahead, but have you seen his promo from Collision? From, uh, yeah, I got the uh, I got through the Julia Hart match on Collision, and then had to set up for this. So. Okay, that promo. Mm. Was what we've needed for yes in this story yeah very much so good we'll we'll go into the content later but this was hangman adam page wanting to beat the shit out of swerve comes out also johnny cash ask man in black look mm-hmm. beats the fuck out of him and one of the craziest spots i've ever seen done does the dead eye off the ramp through two tables yeah, and it was almost like, oh yeah, this happened. Let's move on to the next thing. They didn't really let it breathe enough. Yeah, yeah. Feel, they, which kind of should have let it. Like, even a pitcher and pitcher have you know security and medical out. Yeah, and all of that. Um, but it it was shit hot. It was very very good. Very very good. Uh, Alex Marvez backstage with Bullet Club Gold. Jay White just basically running down MJF because hey, they have a pay per view to sell. Mm-hmm. Then we had a video package for the street fight next week as it's Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Kota Ibushi, and Paul White against the Don Callis family, which underlined that this is sponsored by the latest installment of Sega's Yakuza series. Mm -hmm. I thought this video was very well put together. I really, really, really need this to be a cinematic match, though, because... Paul White can't move. <laughs> yep, that's going to be uh, pretty tough to to execute here. And I'm uh, not shouldn't move. I'm saying it's impossible for him to move. Yeah, he's he's literally the immovable object because his hips don't work. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned it last week, but the best theory I saw on Twitter about why Paul White was on this match is. Because Kota Ibushi demanded it so he can moonsault off of him. God, I don't even know if if Paul White's legs will support any extra weight on them. Yeah, and and Kota ain't as spry as he used to be. So no, live no. TV train wreck. Let's go. <laughs> Just I don't want anybody to die. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, then 
right after Renee Paquette was backstage with the the apparent golden jets of Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. Jericho started talking and they were immediately cut off with the Young Bucks, where basically the Young Bucks said everything we've ever said about Chris Jericho on this podcast. Yeah, those guys fucking ran him down and yeah. I'm mad at it. <laughs> so, you know, call calls him uh, just the worst piece of shit in the company, basically. Um, motherfucks him. They end up challenging each other for the pay-per-view where yeah. if uh, the Golden Jets win, they get that. AEW World Tag Team title shot that the Bucks had and finally came back up this week. Mm-hmm. But the Bucks win the Golden Jets again. No one calls him that. Nope. Uh, it's uh, they have to break up. My brain just my brain just totally crapped out right there. But if yeah, I but- see anybody outside of Winnipeg wearing that shirt, uh, I will act. I will. I will roll up and fight them. What I thought was interesting, though, so they're having this promo, and then the minute that the challenge is done, Kenny Omega realizes he's on live television, wakes up, and starts talking. Dude was just there sitting like a goon for the majority of that shit, and I was like, oh my god, they're they're chumping Jericho out, but they're kind of chumping out Kenny by association here. I will say Kenny's part of the promo where he just said, you know, I've done this twice. I've beat you twice with two different people, and I'll do it again. Like, he was like, this is is easy for me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I think it was at the end, a well put together, uh, bit of build for this match, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if he was asleep with his eyes open. It was, he was in sensory mode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically he was card Omega as opposed to card blade. He just was standing there. <laughs> and it was weird. Um, Joey Samoe defended the ring of honor TV title against Keith Lee in a match that absolutely fucked uh yeah. big the energy of, here yeah uh the meat chants are back yep. let's keep doing that aew fans i'm all for it much um, better crowd this week than last way yeah. to go portland portland was on fire now granted they cut to the crowd at certain points and man there are some weird people at that show but great match between the two best keith lee has looked in ages hey look like a beast and joe looked like a monster which is what he is and then post-match, promo I didn't expect, he just gives up the Ring of Honor TV title. He's like, I set the record. I don't need to prove myself anymore. I want the AEW world title, so I'm dropping this so I can focus on that. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, I mean, there was some there was some hubbub online about why couldn't he just, uh, you know, give drop the title to Keith. But, you know, you know if you're if. Joe is going to challenge for the AEW championship. You don't want him taking any L's right now. Um, And I'm curious as to what's going to happen with ring of honor now, because Mm -hmm. it seems like they're removing AEW talent from ring of honor, at least in the championships. Um, So, and look, this is kind of what we've been warning is, is a full on brand split where ring of honor people are ring of honor. You know, we got a Dalton castle match last night, which is fine and everything. I like seeing some of those ROH guys on, on AEW TV, mm-hmm. but um, you know, nobody has honor club. So we're not seeing any, anything that's happening there. And if it will get the righteous off my weekly AEW programming, I'm all oh, for a brand split. Oh boy, what what a uh, glorious debut for Jake Roberts' new stable, let me tell you. We'll get there. Um, we'll get there. Uh, we had a backstage promo between uh, Orange Cassidy and Hook. Well, let's be honest. It was Orange, Cassidy, Orange Cassidy talking. Yeah. And it was a no-nonsense promo, uh, which gave 
perfect reason for why he wants this match. Talk about being left in a pool of his own blood, uh, back it all out, and now wanting to prove that he's the champion and he can take down John Moxley. So nice yeah. little build. The guns murdered the Bollywood boys in about 10 seconds. Yeah, it was about that. Yeah, it was just a uh, bell, 310 to Yuma, 123. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Uh, also, the Bollywood boys appeared to be in acclaimed tribute gear for that match. <laughs> Go back and look. When they first cut to the ring, I was like, is that Caster and Bowens? What's going just on? Smaller. And then, yeah. And then, and then they, you know, zoomed in and was like, oh, it's the Bollywood boys. Yeah. Not uh, to scale. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't really work out. Um, but then after the match, the guns cut a promo on MJF talking about the Ring of Honor tag belts, talking about how they're going against each other in full gear. Note worth mentioning is they're going against each other at full gear on the pre-show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still at the show. Right. But, right. you know, I get it. There was a solid promo from from the guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colton sounds creepily like his dad when he talks. A little bit. A little like bit. Prime DX era Billy Gunn. I hear it. And yeah. It's almost exact. Uh, MJF was then shown. Uh, watching the promo backstage as Joey Samoa just kind of looms in the background, smiling to himself. Thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah. John Moxley and Wheeler, uh, Wheeler, Utah. I'm doing straight talking today. Um, He card read good. Yes. Uh, They had their side of the promo, putting together things for full gear, but it wasn't like the clearest promo I've heard from Moxley. In fact, I think he kind of lost the point at a point. Uh, he was talking about like, they're going to start beating up orange Cassidy at LAX. And then it turns out that they're just having a tag match on dynamite this week. There's no stip. There's no fights, not a tornado tag. Um, maybe just jump the gun and they're going to add a stip on, uh, on dynamite. Definitely possible. Uh, but Yuda got to talk, which was nice. Yeah. And he sounded the best he's sounded so far. Um, he's yeah, nice and menacing and, yeah. you know, con- there was conviction in his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really think if they do pull the trigger on, pu- on putting Yuda against hook on the pape, it's gonna be very good on the pape. Yes. That we're calling it now. Yes, indeed. Okay. <laughs> we had a video package of Wardlow training and yelling about how he wants to murder MJF. It was fine. Par for the course. Then we had Julia Hart against Red Velvet. This was Red Velvet's return to AW for the first time in a year. And it turns out when she can't be finding replace Brandy Rhodes, they have no idea what to do with her. Yeah, I uh, I think I went into a coma during this match. Yeah, this they is... got they got way too much time. Yeah, I did not. I played a couple games of Snap and didn't really pay attention. And then you had the returning Red Velvet lose. Well, yeah, Which, you, I mean, Julia yeah. Hart's the one getting a push right now. So oh, I, I recognize, but then you don't put her against Julia. Like if you want to make her a thing in, in the women's division, oh. and maybe this was sign writings on the wall, they yeah. don't, I don't think they want uh, to, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they could have done something, but instead, uh, nothing given really yeah. there. And then the post match was just weird. It was confusing. What the fuck is going on? I can't yeah. figure it out. And which makes me care even less. Yeah, so for those who didn't see it, what happened was after the match, uh, Julia Hart was uh, confronted by Sky Blue because Julia Hart continued to beat down uh, Red, Red Velvet, Velvet, put her in uh, you know her uh, crossface thing. Um, Sky Blue comes down to the ring and has a face-off with Julia Hart, and I'm thinking, oh, 
because it looked like Sky had some heels on and was about the same height as Julia this time. This is them running back last week's missed fuck up. Okay. Instead, they just stare at each other. Yeah. And then uh, Chris Statlander and Willow come out. Uh, Willow helps Red Velvet back up. And then Julia Hart just leaves and everybody's just standing in the ring. And there's nothing happening at all. No. Nope. It, it was the equivalent of dead air on a radio station where I, I, I was sitting there going, are we going to do anything? Like, yeah. is, Hit the button. Does anyone, <laughs> does anyone know what's happening this minute? Is it's Tony peeing backstage? What's going on? Like it was very weird. Yeah. It didn't care um, for it. But then we had RJ city sitting down backstage and saying, uh, we have maybe heard rumblings, but here is the newest signing to AEW, Mariah may. This was a little weird, yeah. but I think I know where they're going. I'll okay. tell, you, tell you where I think they're going in a minute. So Mar- Mariah May built a little bit of a name of herself because she's been touring stardom uh, the last few months. She's also Australian, right? Yes. Yes. And the interview seemed to set up that she really loves Tony Storm. Right. Really respects Tony Storm. And she hopes to meet and talk to and you know maybe even team up with tony storm you ever seen the movie all about eve chris Uh, i have not it's in my watch list it's a hollywood classic sure it's about a fan who becomes obsessed with a star and tries to replace her by becoming a star herself Uh this has fingerprints of rj city all over it yeah and it would also then fit in with the timeless Tony timeless Storm Tony gimmick. Storm. Yeah. That, Essentially you know, Sunset Boulevard. Right. Right. Exactly. So I could see that playing out this way. It was a bit weird to just be like, well, here's a signing. And she really likes someone else who's here. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't super into that, but uh, RJ City actually getting to do stuff on AEW television. Totally fine with it. I can't wait till they work their way through the classics and get to like, you know, China, we get Chinatown, uh, RJ <laughs> city where he's, you know, got the you know, broken nose and the, 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 you know, the, the tape over the nose and trying to right. investigate what's happening with the water supply <laughs> backstage at AEW. <laughs> <laughs> and then the TV main event was switchblade Jay white against Mark Briscoe. If Mark Briscoe won, he was going to get the title shot at full gear. That didn't happen. I don't know if I just had been sleeping on him because he'd always been in tag matches with Jay, but Mark fucking ruled in this match. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and earlier in the show, there was a promo by Mark. I don't yeah. know if you mentioned it or not, but it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. A really good promo for Mark. Um, yeah. I feel like he, he was kind of always in the shadow of Jay because Jay had that, you know, record setting run as Ring of Honor champion for a while. And, you know, he, he was more of the uh, comedic part of the tag team with yep. the redneck kung fu and all the goofy shit. But uh, now that he's sadly on his own, mm-hmm. I feel like he's really taken a lot from, you know, being around his brother so much Mm -hmm. and worked it into what he does. So he's kind of like a perfect amalgamation of the two of them. And in there with Jay White, who is just a fantastic worker with probably the best Uranagi ever. Oh my Um, God. It's just the thing of Uh, beauty. This is a lot of fun. 
like this, uh, this might've been my favorite match of Jay White's unless I'm forgetting something major since he joined AEW. Yeah. Uh, and and it worked so well because Jay was doing all his traditional heel shit, which right. then let Mark do his traditional face shit. And the crowd was up and down with them as they wanted. Like it, it, it just worked out super well. Plus you had the goofy uh, ass, um, you know, bullet club gold out there yeah, causing their mayhem. And I believe we're at week five with no trikes, by the way, <laughs> I know, I know juice yelling, uh, do a Kiwi crusher for Gato, uh, <laughs> popped me. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks. Uh, juice. And, and the, uh, sleeper suplex. That yeah. Jay hit. Oh my God. I thought yeah. he murdered Mark on live television. That's good shit. Blade Runner gets the finish, and then after the match, MJF's music hits. Bullet Club Gold looks at the ramp, but of course, MJF came out to the crowd. Uh, wearing the ring, MJF takes down the guns, takes down Juice, gets in the face of Jay White. Jay bounces out. MJF cuts a promo saying, you know, uh, he's going to be the greatest world champion ever, and if Jay White wants to win, he will have to kill him in Los Angeles. Uh, he says he's not just a scumbag, he's a fan scumbag, and then the lights go out. Sabu shows up and puts MJF through it. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, fantasy booked that. Uh, lights go out, and I don't understand why the lights went out in the arena for this. No reason. Weird. Absolutely weird. no reason. Lights go out, and then we see on the Contron, uh, the acclaim being beat up by masked guys, uh, uh, like the return of these masked guys mm-hmm. who beat down Jay White weeks ago. Uh, they beat up uh, uh, Caster and, and Father Butt, and mm-hmm. they throw Bowens through a plate glass window in the world's strangest office. <laughs> the most hastily put together office I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was it was so comical. Like, who's working in there and what is this like the timeout office? And this guy, yeah, like, yeah. you know, is he on like uh, they get two strikes for a sexual harassment? that He's got to sit in a, in a cube else, away from everybody else. Does he have a medical condition that causes uh, any yeah, bubble boy work? Yeah, so it's just like, all right, you get a you get a cube yeah. randomly in the arena, Gary. That's right. your Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, the smell Bowen, of popcorn makes him uh, nauseous, so he can't be. And he has to be in a hermetically sealed uh, cube. Ickle. MJF <laughs> runs backstage. Uh, we get a tease that the devil was behind this. MJF runs backstage, and then in another one of those, oh, we kind of ran out of time, didn't we? Moments. MJF just kind of stands there, like, ah, oh, jeez, oh god, oh god, oh jeez, like he didn't really do anything. Do anything now? Yeah. But it did allow Joey Samoe to show up saying, hey, champ, looks like you're running out of friends as yeah. we go, out, go off the air. I loved that. That was a nice little touch. So do you think Joe's behind this? No, 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 no. You still I, think it's Britt? Uh, or Adam? Yeah. It, it is some combination of people who have already been a part of this. I, okay. I think the Joe thing is building to MJF breaking and, you know, giving him a world title shot, maybe at yeah. world's end. So he will be the tag partner for the ring of honor tag belt. Gotcha. Um, that, that's where I think that part's going, but I do like, again, sort of this multi-layered thing. Yeah. They really need to share, get off the pot when it comes to the devil thing, because I think, I mean, we've had a full pay-per-view cycle of this. Yeah. So yeah. five, six weeks, because you know, the pay-per-view last pay-per-view was October 1st and this one's going to be mid November. Mm-hmm. They need to do something. Well, hopefully we see it at full gear. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be the perfect place to do it. 
Uh, but then on Friday night, they were live in Oakland for Rumpage. And it was actually a really good show because mm. it was a live show. Turns out live Rampage make better Rampage. Yeah, a not, uh, not exhausted crowd. Yes. Uh, continuing the feud from Collision, it was Ricky Starks going against Preston Vance because, of course, Preston Vance is the easiest person to sacrifice in LFI. Sure. Uh, Aside Matt. from Jose the Assistant. <laughs> Fine match. Uh, after the match, uh, Large William and Richard Starks beat down Vance. That brought out Roosh and Drillistico, which means their feud must continue. Mm -hmm. Oh, Will. Chris Jericho then cuts a promo with Rene Paquette for his match on Sunday in DDT against Takeshita. Okay. As in today? As in today, as in the one okay. that happened this morning when we recorded this. Oh, uh, okay. I haven't seen the results, so I don't know who won, but I know it was happening. Uh, why are they doing a go-home promo for DDT on in Rampage? And they didn't promote Wrestle Universe or any. It, it's like a few years ago when they had the Mox Kenta thing. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you know, Mox can defend that U.S. title against Kenta. And they never said when or where or how you can stream it yeah. or anything like that. It, it was just odd. Hmm. I know that it adds to the angle that they're doing with, you know, uh, Kenny Omega's group of stupid idiots and uh, the Callus family. But maybe they didn't want to ruffle New Japan feathers by promoting another company streaming service. Maybe, maybe. Then we cut to another promo as Lexi Nair's in the back with Don Callus and Prince Nana. And they're negotiating because Brian Cage is going to be the fourth man in the Like a Dragon Street fight this coming Wednesday because Semi Guevara's brain is still messed up. I mean, it's been messed up long before he had the concussion, but sure. it's neither here nor there. Lexi Nair then had another promo segment where she was interviewing <sighs> these assholes. <laughs> Jay Lethal cutting a promo about his forthcoming Ring of Honor title match against Eddie Kingston, which we don't know where it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Maybe a last-minute addition to Full Gear. Who knows? Uh, this uh, was interrupted by Ortiz, and uh, Jay Lethal and Karen Jarrett warned Ortiz to walk away before he got jumped, but Ortiz then fought these assholes and uh he got choke slammed on a production crate uh by satnam so ouch yeah i i don't know where this is going maybe ortiz versus jay white at some point my bigger worry is this is all right fine santana ortiz again and they're going against these assholes Ugh, okay yeah not not really what i want um red velvet the next show getting a win over Ruby Soho. Okay. Not really what I would call a good match in any way, shape or form, because this was a storyline match. Okay, you're not really selling this rampage to me, my guy. Yeah. Uh, well, there's one, <laughs> there, there's one match that you okay. absolutely will want to go out of your way to see. All right. Uh, Ruby Soho was given flowers from a secret admirer. During the match, that's what okay. led to the and the finish. Um, 
they're continuing the 2.0 outcasts thing, which has been a rampage exclusive story. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's very bad. It's very dumb. Uh, Roddy strong. Uh, he is going to have a match on collision. He right. says that it's no neck November. Yes. Yep. So yeah, that was the thing. Uh, the kingdom beat up two jobbers again. It just was the thing who cares. Uh, and then we had the main event, which was FTR and uh, sorry, the way this was written on the, the recap on Observer is weird. So it was FTR against Vikingo and Commander. Okay. And this match absolutely fucking rolled. So it's just flips versus just fists. Exactly. Okay. Very, very good match. Yes, FTR won. Not a big surprise, but they all worked really well together. Uh, I... I had such a fun time with this match. Commander okay. and Vikingo basically got their spots in while mm-hmm. FTR sort of played, you know, traffic cops to make yeah. it all work. Uh, it was only like 12 minutes long, so it's not like it's a, a super massive use of your time. But um, I, I thought it was really, really good. And the fact that it was live and this was the first part of the show for the live crowd. Right. Meant they were still really excited at this point. Okay. Because they, they taped uh, collision Friday night after rampage. Right, right, right. Uh, at the end of the match, uh, FTR is standing in the ring lights go out and the house of black appears on screen. Applauding. So, uh, we had that there. And then last night on TNT <laughs> collision aired again, this was pre-taped and it kicked off with the, the cold open promos, which I, I really like. I do, but I don't think you need one for every match. I, I kind of just liked it when it was just for the main. Yeah, yeah, it, it is uh, getting to be too many, but, you know, uh, people are pretty good. Uh, Tony Schiavone and Nigel McGuinness were on the call as Kevin Kelly was on assignment. <laughs> Going to broadcasting school. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Yeah, appreciate you. And, Mark, show- and Shivani and Nigel were great together. Oh yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they also did a commentary on Rampage, and they were really fun on that too. Uh, which again, an improvement from having Chris Jericho on commentary or Paul yeah. White on commentary. Or... Anyway, uh, I, I still miss uh, Mark Henry telling us it's time for the main event. Oh, they don't do that anymore. No, they don't. They don't. Huh, it's a bummer. Andrade El Idolo and Daniel Garcia was the opening match. Very very good match. Yeah. Super fun. Uh, CJ Perry is accompanying Andrade to the ring. So mm-hmm. that's a thing now. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Miro got really, really, ba- really, really mad backstage about the whole situation. I mean, if this leads to Andrade and Miro, let's go. Yeah, totally fine with it. Great match between Garcia and Andrade. Uh, re- they did one of my favorite spots, which is the rebound German suplex. Mm-hmm. I love that fucking thing. Every mm-hmm. time, no matter who does it, it makes me so happy. Really, really good back and forth match, but uh, the the back elbow and the figure eight gets the finish for Andrade. So I guess maybe Garcia is going to go on a bit of a losing streak of just to then flip out on 2.0. And 2.0. Who were not out there suspiciously. No, no. Very, very strange. Uh, they had a recap of the attack on the acclaimed, and then they had Nick Wayne versus Dalton Castle. Yeah. Dalton Cap- Castle manhandling a uh, little twink, Nick Wayne. Yes. 
A little weird, though, because last week he was like an unhinged heel. Yeah. And here he was, you know, the Ring of Honor baby face. An unhinged uh, face. Yeah, an unhinged Because <laughs> yeah. Dal- Dalton's always kind of, you know, uh, on the realm of absurdity. Very much so. Um, fun match. Uh, Nick Wayne ended up winning due to the shenanigan involving yeah. Luchasaurus and the boys and a whole big schmoz until the finish. Hangman Page was backstage and yes. he cuts the promo of a fucking lifetime. Hell First yeah. and foremost, Swerve against Hangman is a Texas death match. In Chicago or wherever they are. I'm fine with it. Texas death match, <laughs> what they did with Mox and, and Page back at Revolution. Yeah, and I think we're I in California for that. So this just is gonna it, be just called a death match. Why is it what I I it, it's it's is it not in Texas? No, no, it's fucking stupid. All right, don't. It's the location death match. Okay, Los Angeles not, death match doesn't really have the same. Well, just call it a death match. It doesn't need to have. It doesn't have to be location specific. A death match is a fucking death match. Do they have the fucking? Oh, excuse me. Do they have the Hiroshima death match and and the you know the Tokyo death match when they're doing death matches throughout the uh, Japan? No, no, it's a fucking no. death match. All right. Anyway, sorry, doesn't matter. The match is going to roll. The match is going to be violent. Yes. And we know this because Hangman Page cut a promo absolutely laying out how he's going to destroy Swerve Strickland at the pay-per-view next week. Talking about how, you know, Swerve had these opportunities uh, because that was the crux of their original uh, clash. Yes. Swerve wanted Hangman's spot. Exactly. And he feels like that Swerve hasn't been using the opportunities well, cheated against him and, you know, entered his house and Hangman Page then broke down like, look, I'm going to disappoint you in front of every single member of your family. Yeah. You mess with my family. Guess what? I'm going to ruin you for yours, your kids, your, your aunties, your uncles, whoever it ends up being (laughs) all are going to see how much I destroy you. And most importantly, he's going to drag him to hell. And more so than that, he's going to take his son every year so that his son can piss on Swerve's grave. <laughs> That's great shit. So good. Yeah. So good. I I loved the first match a lot. Yeah. And I, I hate having like big anticipation for something because, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. Man, the 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 hate, the the anger that we're finally getting in this storyline. If it pays off on the pay per view, and you know they don't start with a headlock, uh, could be so good. Yeah, so so good. Then we had LFI defeat the Workhorsemen. I'm very happy the Workhorsemen continue to be on Collision, but they keep losing, and I feel like there's still something there. Um, maybe they're filling the the Butcher and Blade spot because now Bunny's gone. Uh, maybe they just need another job or tag team. Who is that official? She's she's she took it, uh, took her uh, or I'm sorry, updated her profile to not say AEW anymore. She's not on the roster page of the <laughs> website and she launched huh. OnlyFans. So, oh, well, yeah, those are pretty, uh, pretty, pretty big signs there. So it was Roosh and Drillistico against the workhorsemen. Roosh is on another level. This dude rules so hard. He just has this aura of, I might watch a live murder. 
Yes. <laughs> he feels dangerous. Yes. And not in that like pro wrestling. Oh, I'm a dangerous man way. Like he, things may go very wrong. Yeah. And, uh, you know, beat the shit out of, uh, the work horseman bulls horns on Drake gets the finish after the match house of black pops up on the screen. House of black. So, uh, we ended up having to set up for what would be a tag team title match at full gear. Um, it's going to be the uh, House of Black duo of Brody King and Malachi Black, Ricky Starks and Large William, LFI and FTR in a four way. Let's go. I mean, I, I see no problems with that. No. Uh, we had a uh, Chris Detlander and Willow Nightingale promo with Lexi Nair. I fell asleep briefly here. Um, Roddy Strong and Darius Martin had an awesome match. Really yeah, good to see Darius that. so employed, waiting for his brother to heal up. <laughs> yes. Uh, Action and Dreddy pops up at the end, so they're probably going to be running that next week on Collision. Yeah. Uh, and then we had there, Tony- there will be no Collision next week. Uh, I thought it was on Friday. On Saturday. Oh, oh, is it? I, yeah, I thought it was on Friday, but maybe not. Oh, maybe not. Okay. I'll, I'll have to double check what the schedule is. Oh, yeah, I didn't check the programming notes. Um, we had Tony Khan backstage, and thank Christ, this was not announced as a special announcement. Because, but, but it would have qualified as one. Oh, this one would have actually worked. <laughs> Because he's standing next to Brian Danielson. And yeah. he said about how, you know, full he, solid snake. Yeah. Due to the injury, he missed all in in Wembley. He's going to be a part of 2024. Okay, cool. Nice announcement, especially because they're about to do the on sale for tickets. Yeah. However, there's more. We are going to have a round robin tournament featuring 12 stars of AEW, so an A block and a B block of you know, six stars uh-huh. will be called the continental classic, which is also my favorite dish at Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite breakfast. It's not quite lunch, but it comes with a slice of cantaloupe on the side. Exactly. Brian, <laughs> the first person announced for the tournament. Yeah. And the tournament starts the 22nd of November in Chicago, their Thanksgiving Eve show. Let's go. So Danielson, definitely ready. I feel like the story of this and or at least how they landed here was Danielson went, okay, here's the list of guys I want to go against. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how can we work this out? Yeah. yeah. And I also will probably get to hear one of my favorite things in radio, which is Dave Meltzer actively trying to figure out round Robin tournament math. Oh boy. On the air. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to that. But yeah, uh, th- this tournament should rule. Unless it's like Brian Danielson and then, you know, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy. 2. I can't 0. imagine it would be like that. <laughs> All right. I, I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of people who he hasn't had singles matches with that they could throw into this. Penta? Penta is a great example. Phoenix, uh, if he's uh, available slash uh, healthy. Uh, they could run back him in Roosh because yeah. they got one time on Dynamite leading up to the, the Revolution pay-per-view. Pretty much, I just want Brian Danielson and all luchadors as the other 11 people. <laughs> but okay. Danielson, yes. Commander Danielson. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring Metal Leak in for a couple matches. It's so weird. Like, the B block, you know, it's all top-tier talent. The A block, it's Danielson and five luchadors. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why this is happening. Because they want my money, that's why. <laughs> um. Julia Hart defeated Willow Nightingale to get added to the TBS title match at full gear. It was a thing. Um, 
Billy Star or sorry, Billy Starks. Wow. <laughs> Ricky. Big Bill, Large William, and Richard Starks backstage with Lexi Nair. They cut a promo about the tag match. Um Powerhouse Hobbs murdered Titus Alexander and Squash. And then uh, Don Callis and Kyle Fletcher came out so they could cut a promo putting over the uh the tag match and also yelling at Paul White. So that's a thing. Okay. Um, FTR cut a promo about the tag title match. So we've heard from everybody to make it a thing. And then we had our main event, Darby Allen, Darby Allen, sting Adam Copeland against Lance Archer and the righteous. Yeah. Not, not, not great. I, I will never understand the appeal of the righteous. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I've seen people absolutely love them in person. One of the funniest things I got to see right out of the pandemic was when we went to the Ring of Honor pay-per-view and the music hit for the righteous and one guy yells and like runs to the ringside area. He's yeah. so stoked about it. Um, Lost I, I, mind. Don't, I don't get it. I really don't like they're, no, they're, they're fun. wrestlers and the gimmick is uninspired. Yes, it is very clearly the Wyatt family again. Yeah. Um, but with a Rob Zombie tinge. Yes. And last week they set up, okay, Jake Roberts has got Lance Archer and now he's got the righteous and he's building this group and they lose fucking immediately. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there's nobody on the other side of that match that should be taking an L right now. So why do you even do the match? Yeah, yeah. If you're trying to build this stable or, you know, maybe it's just stopgap to give the righteous something to do before uh, a, an ROH brand split happens and I never have to watch him again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see how it ends up playing out. Um, but uh, post-match, there's a whole to do where Christian Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne come out, you know, to tease for the pay-per-view and all that is fans. We got to go. We'll see you on Nitro. And, uh, that, that was collision. Was thunder. Okay. Uh, collision, not as great as dynamite was certainly yeah. had its moments and did some serious, like Lord's work level work on building the full gear card. So yes, credit to that. Uh, this Wednesday is dynamite. We've got orange Cassidy and uh hook against John Moxley and Wheeler. Yuta should be very good fun. Time. Should be super fun. And we have that like a dragon, uh, multi-man tag match with uh, the Golden Jets and company against Don Callis and crew. Uh, I want it to be cinematic. I want it to be like over the top, but I want to hate cinematic matches. <laughs> Fair. But I want to point out a real missed opportunity here. Okay. So this match is going to be sponsored by Sega. Sega. And I understand the new Yakuza came, excuse me, new Yakuza game. Uh-huh. God, I'm tripping over myself today. Just came out. They want to put that over. Sure. Imagine if you will, Chris, it's announced just as a Sega street fight. Okay. Everyone's <laughs> wrestling and we're seeing everyone come out and like, they're wearing their normal gear. Uh huh. Then suddenly a seven foot tall Sonic, the hedgehog slowly and awkwardly <laughs> trots to the ring. <laughs> I don't even want to add on to that. 
The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. This is WWE Chairman Vince McMahon. Well, the whole be a star thing didn't pan out, so be a dick. Bounce that little shit's head off a locker. How about a swirly, you little four-eyed bitch? Oh, is that your asthma inhaler? It's mine now! Oh, looks like you got a big tray full of food. It's up in the air! Be a dick! Oh, that kid can't afford the same type of clothing that you have? The high-end, fashionable stuff all the popular kids are wearing? Yank his headgear out! Be a dick! You don't play sports? What a little bitch! Smack him in the ass and pull his underwear over his head. Be a dick! Oh, look at the little math genius, the math lead, trying to take wee wee number one with your little candy corn dick. Time for a swirly! Drinking your own little peanut dick juices, dork. Be a dick! <laughs>